Land Surveyors United. Land Surveyors United is not just a community of land surveyors. It is a living library, a social network, an educational platform, a discussion forum, a theater, and so much more. The LSU Network is a rapidly evolving community where professional land surveyors around the world share what they have learned during their career as a land surveyor. Inside, you can both contribute to the collective knowledge about surveying shared for future generations or learn something new every single day. The Land Surveyors United team and members of this community are working hard every day to break down the barriers that have for so long kept the industry isolated. In this network, the language and cultural obstacles have been eliminated from your communication. Please visit LandSurveyorsUnited.com for more information. Unifly Aero Solutions, LLC. Unifly was born in 2015 out of a vision to unify drone surveying, data management, and CAD conversion under a single umbrella, creating a one-stop shop that solves all your problems. Unifly's surveyors, analysts, and drones fly the extra mile to bring this vision to life every single day within your own office. Engineered to fit all your requirements, Unifly follows a unique 3D approach, that being drones. Easy to deploy, high precision drones to add an edge to your surveying tools, taking your operational efficiency and mapping analysis up a few notches. Data. Infinitely improved cloud-based data processing is now reality thanks to their tightly controlled data analytics and management system. Elevate your business to new heights by effectively processing your data for enhanced productivity. Drafting. Unifly provides end-to-end solutions under one roof by offering CAD drafting and conversion solutions for your ortho photos, allowing you to process your drone data in any format you need. Please visit unifly.aero for more information. Bad Elf. I'm told by the Bad Elf folks that choosing a company name can be quite challenging, but apparently copious amounts of German beer and hearty cuisine greatly aid the brainstorming process. The Bad Elf name was conceived in October 2009, while the team was attending a conference in Ludwigsburg, Germany. Bad Elf envisions, designs, and manufactures niche hardware and software as it relates to data collection. They are changing the business model and quite frankly, the world of GPS by planning to democratize it, meaning making it realistic for anyone and everyone to collect survey grade data. Bad Elf is engineering magic, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for our listeners as we move forward into 2020 please visit bad-elf.com for more information. Parkland College Land Survey Program. The land surveying program at Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois, is one of just two surveyor training programs in the state of Illinois. They offer two schedule formats, which provides opportunities to both traditional students and working adults. The traditional track is a certificate or associate degree option with on-campus classes throughout the week, preparing students to be land surveying technicians or to transfer on for bachelor's degree as they pursue professional licensure. The weekend land surveying program presents an affordable, convenient way for working adults to return to school to complete required coursework to become a surveyor intern on the path to professional licensure. No matter the desired format, the curriculum incorporates traditional techniques with total stations and automatic levels, current applications with GPS, as well as emerging technologies like drones and UAVs. The instructional staff includes five licensed surveyors with experience in large and small parcel boundaries, altas, topo surveys, construction staking, right-of-way and easement acquisitions, DOT work, subdivisions, condos, highway plats, commercial and residential surveys, engineering and design, as well as drone flight, planning, execution, and aerial imagery processing. Parkland's land surveying program was the proud recipient of the 2016 National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying Surveying Award. Please visit parkland.edu forward slash surveying for more information. Thanks again to our friends of the program. If you too would like to be part of the cool kids as well, send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com to find out more. We've got another great episode on tap for you. So thanks again for listening. And please continue to like and share our podcast with your professional network as we are relying on you to spread the word about the geoholics. O-M-G. The year is 2020. 
bringing back memories with this music voice. <laughs> Can you believe it? Flashbacks. Are you guys ready to embark on an entirely new year? Oh, it's it's going to be a big one. Oh my goodness. We this have so many great things lined up for this year. It's ridiculous. You are listening to episode 18, also known as the Dennis Savard episode. Who? There it is. Who? Blackhawks. Ha- Blackhawks Hall of Famer. Uh, the better DS would be Daryl Strawberry, but the homerism of Arizona, I have to say it with the last name Carson Kelly. Hey, when you're in this seat, you can make the decisions. <sighs> Someday. Of the Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for Geomatics Professionals. You're going to be sick one of these days. Doubtful. And then I'll step in. We'll see. And then it's all my choice. We'll see. That opening number, of course, is Outlaw In-Laws. And the name of the song is Just Another Outlaw. Outlaw In-Laws are Rafa, Corey, and Clint. I got to mention that Big Shoots and the lovely Megan and I went and saw them last Friday at Rebel Lounge here in Phoenix. They opened up for a Johnny Cash tribute band called Cashed Out. So I'm going to tell you one real quick story. Outlaw Inlaws came on. Shoots had never seen him before. I'd seen him a couple times, so I knew what he was in for. They were unfreaking believable. If you ever get a chance to see him live, do not miss them. You Better have than expected. Forever. Unbe- if you're usually offended, you might want to avoid them. But other than that, unbelievable. So they're done with their set. And cashed out comes on. <laughs> I, 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 what, what, what's the golden rule? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You so. should have followed that golden rule. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they weren't great. I mean, honestly, if Outlaw In-Laws didn't just get off the stage and it was just cashed out, we'd probably be like, oh man, they were really good. But oh my gosh, to follow Outlaw In-Laws, no thank you. What a letdown. Yeah. So shoots is <laughs> in the crowd and he's like, you guys suck. Bring back the outlaw in-laws. He's just going on and on. It was freaking hilarious. Uh, but uh, if you get a chance to see him, check him out. Um, the, the style of their music is cow punk. And uh, you can, they're actually recording a new record as we speak. And their, their music, their current release is available on Spotify and Apple Music. And if you really want to get a good feel for them, check out their videos on YouTube. They're absolutely freaking As far amazing. as cow punk, I, I would say them. like live, it just means really loud. Really loud, really, loud. really um, offensive. Uh, I was not offended. I'm not well, easily no. offended, but yeah. yeah, I could see. You know, if somebody was sensitive, they would be yeah. upset. No, not me. I enjoyed every minute of that. It was a great show. Was, Absolutely, I'm, I'm glad you were there to experience it. It was awesome. We just missed producer Jake. <laughs> Couldn't make it. <laughs> Maybe next time he'll get the hall pass. Hopefully. <laughs> so here we are, guys. We're back here at Social Hall Studio One. I missed it to be honest with you. It's been a couple weeks. Um, sat in the chair, put on the headphones, started to hear my own voice again. I was like, oh, I miss this Home. so much. It's great. We have a uh, really special guest tonight, uh, Mike Kenny, who is the owner and proprietor. Is that the right word? I don't know. So what's the difference between an owner and a proprietor? I don't know. I actually have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. But Mike is here to tell us everything great about Social Hall. But before he does that... Since we have this opportunity, I want to make sure that we thank Mike for allowing us to be here each and every week. This has been an iconic venue for us. It uh, We should trademark Social Hall Studio One. I don't see why not. But again, thank you, Mike, for allowing us to be here. It's, it's worked out great for us, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. So tell us everything that's great about Social Hall going into 2020. Oh, man. <clears throat> uh, we have a new food menu rolling out next month. Um, we're going to be focusing on comfort food. So... Still all scratch food. We have um, Chef Jason who kills it back there. I mean, his stuff is so good. Um, so he's going to do his spin on comfort food. So it's going to be like fancy kind of stuff you're familiar with. Um, and then some, a couple surprises as well. So uh, everything I've tried has been killer. And uh, I don't know. I think it's going to do really, really well for the spring for us. Um, we've got spring training coming up. Um, that's always crazy around here. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a fun kind of action-packed spring. That's awesome. Uh, rumor has it there's going to be meatloaf on the, the new menu. Yeah, we tried the meatloaf today. It was really good. Did a um, prime rib dip sandwich, which was killer. Uh, what else did I try today? Um, is there a shepherd's pie? There's a shepherd's pie coming on. Yeah, which is yeah, amazing. The uh, let's see, enchiladas, really good. Really good. Um, 
God, I mean, everything looked amazing on there. I was like trying to go through and be like, okay, because we got to cut. And there's always like, you put as many things on as you can, and you like look and start cutting. And I was like having a really hard time cutting stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, this one was uh, the most challenging one for sure for me for cuts. Well, and Jason's such a rock star in the kitchen. Yeah. And as we kind of are figuring out our crowd, you know, when you're brand new, and I was in a brand new city, I came down from Seattle. I don't necessarily know exactly what folks in Tempe are all looking for. So there's been experimentation and. Um, as we keep getting to know our guests better and better, it's like, oh my gosh, our, our customers are going to love this. Yeah. Um, so we'll throw that on and then we just kind of test things. And so I think we're, as we're kind of honing it in, we're, we're really getting, uh, getting what our, our folks are going to like. Yeah. And the beauty of what you just said is the fact that you're willing to adapt oh, yeah. to your, your customer base. Mm-hmm. A lot of you know, restaurants just set up shop and they're like, we're just doing this. Yeah. And they're not willing to adapt. And you know, unfortunately, they fail yeah. in, and, in a lot of cases. And that's how you can tell who who cares about their food and who doesn't and their product. If you're just okay with complacency and running by, then you're not really there for the the right reasons. Yep, yep. And you got a great beer selection, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really good variety of spirits, craft cocktails, um, just a great place to be. And like like Mike just mentioned, spring training's, what, three weeks away? No, a month away? Uh, I think March, right? Pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers in February, right? Yeah. I I saw About five uh, five weeks, maybe. Yeah, we're not far. Yep, not far at all. That's going to be big time for you, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, you got a great staff. Who's your uh, Who's your best employee? Oh man, <laughs> oh, loaded question right I was there. Say, I'm kidding. We've got kidding. this event director that just kills it. No, I mean, um, it's hard. That's hard to say too. We have a really great staff. That's something that has always yeah. been really important to me. I always wanted to have awesome personalities yeah. in the house. So we work really hard on getting an awesome team, um, and we we definitely have one. Yeah, definitely. You've got you've done a great job with that and everything else. Congrats on your success so far, and uh, we look forward to continue to hang out here in Studio One and spring spring training. We're gonna have like a, a special spring training episode, nice. and hopefully we can get some uh, personalities in here, which would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. Yep, yep. So we'll see what we can do about that. But uh, again, thank you for everything. Of course, we're always happy it. to have you guys. Always Thanks for keeping it down up here and not getting here. too rowdy. Well, I have to uh, selfishly have yeah, one yeah. Go question. for it, man. You said there's a lot of cuts on this new menu. Is the big shoots on there? Or are we still uh, just cutting that out and that was just a pipe dream? That, that's going to be I on a special menu. I want a sandwich menu. named after me. It's going to be on a special menu. But I need to see if this. Jason was able yeah. to be here tonight, we were going to freaking drop that I saw him when I walked yeah. in. I oh, saw you him did? down there. It's, it's, a, a, it's a contender. It's a contender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it didn't make the cut. Uh, we'll make it happen. It was the big miss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. With that, let's catch up with the fellas. Producer Jake, what's new, man? How's it going, guys? It was a little sad to be away for the holidays there. Uh, we had a, a break, but it's good to be back Thank in you. 2020. There, We did hit a milestone while we were gone, though. So big milestone here. All-time listeners, downloads, 4,000. Um, so, bi- of course, big milestone there, and we're going to look forward doubling that, tripling that in 2020. So it's good to be back here. Didn't do just re- was relaxing over the holidays, but back in the swing of things. So. Yeah, I, uh, my personal goal by the end of 2020 15,000. I'd agree. 15,000. Let's do it. Yep. Well, hopefully tonight with this guest, we can get like 11,000 and just knock that out of the park. Week yeah. one. There we go. Right? Easy as that. I, I, he's a man that's about social media, so I have, I have a feeling he's going to promote the hell out of us. He is the survey <laughs> social media maven, no doubt about it. Ryan, what about you? How was uh, your break? I cannot complain. I had a good time. I started it off by winning my uh, fantasy football league. I made the mistake of mentioning that I wanted to my wife, so she's already counting the money before I even got it. <laughs> I haven't even gotten the check yet, and she's already like, "Yep, that's already spent." So that's why you're still young in your marriage. You haven't learned that there's certain things you just got to hold back. Well, there there is that like separate bank account that she doesn't know about, but the offshore she does now. Well, nah. <laughs> there's there's no secret to it. It's like six dollars in it total. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the desert financial uh, Jake looks at it and says oh my god this guy <laughs> he's a problem that but, was a uh, desert financial free plug don't get used oh to yeah it. sorry I, <laughs> I shouldn't do that for free now we charge for these things <laughs> exactly. but no other than that we went and did the uh, oh my goodness Santa Claus was was the man yet again um, the story I don't know if I've told any of you guys yet I think I may have told Kent my dad according to my son, is the Grinch. Like, he literally believes he's the Grinch. So my dad went out of his way to get a full-on Grinch costume. 
and oh. came over our to our house Christmas morning oh <laughs> at God. like five o'clock in the morning and woke our son up and scared the shit out of him. Hudson <laughs> is gonna be scarred for life. Uh, to quote him directly, kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so our Christmas morning uh, was great. just thrown off from that. He was not right after that. Like we surprised him with the whole "We're going to Disneyland for five days," and he was just not. He was. Not recovered from it. It didn't but. go as planned, huh? Nah, not think, not a, not completely anyway. No, my I think my dad felt bad, but it was all good intentions. Awesome. But, so, what about you, Ken? How was the uh, break for the break you? Break was fantastic. Had uh, had great holidays. Uh, spent time with family and friends. Uh, Jake was over at the house, of yep, course. Came over a couple times. Yep, he uh, camped out in my new recliner. He's already, great new recliner. He's already <sighs> making claim to that. Was, was it good? Yeah, it's great. I want to get one of them now. I was I was part of the distraction for that one. Were you? Yeah. I was also involved in some sort of distraction plan as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Megan said we the excuse me the lovely Megan said we got to go golfing. We got to distract this guy. And uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, go, let let's hear the story about the glitter. Oh, the glitter. Yeah. No. So the back the recliner thing worked out perfectly. So we played golf. I think it was was it Christmas Eve? No, it was day twenty third. I think. Yep. That Monday. Twenty third. We played golf, and. Uh, I walked in the house after playing golf and walked in the living room and here's this new recliner. And I was completely shocked, completely surprised. There's a good video. There's maybe a great we'll, video. Maybe we'll it. tweet it out or something. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, because it's, it's worth it, actually. Um, <laughs> the lovely Megan, she was going to make a great bow to put on the recliner like you would like on a new car or something like that. Well, it was the night before. You know, she was attempting to make the bow while I wasn't home. I walk in the house. There's glitter all over the house. And when I say all over the house, it's a kitchen, living room. You walk through the living room to the bedroom, so now you got glitter in the bedroom. That's something like almost impossible <laughs> to get rid of. It's almost impossible. I've vacuumed the house like 10 times now since then, and I'm still finding glitter. But uh, good intentions, no question, no question. But she pulled it off. It was a great surprise. Um, what else do I want to mention about it? Oh, I too won my fantasy football league. Unlike Ryan, though, I parlayed my winnings into a new electric guitar and amp. Oh, you went and saw Andy. Sure did. I did, ah. yes. Andy Brunda from Carl Pacey and the Honey Shakers. Yes, absolutely. Such a cool guy. Met him at this little local guitar uh, shop that he absolutely loves, knows the guys. Andy spent like two hours with me there, helping me pick out a guitar and stuff like that. And uh, it just it, it worked out perfect. And again, I've never played a lick of guitar so this is a uh, this is a, I guess a New Year's resolution. I'm gonna learn to play guitar. So we'll we'll keep up on that. When I get to the point that I can like blast out a uh, some intro music for for the show. Geoholics theme the, song, boys. There you go. Freaking cool. That'd Crank awesome. it up to twelve. Awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's that's about it for me. Let's get to our safety share for this week. And this this week's safety share is going to cover situational awareness. And this is probably the most important aspect in all our lives you know surveyors whoever i mean every every single day we need to focus on situational awareness and just a couple things i want to mention here and of course i got got this after doing some research um learn to predict events before they happen so basically what that is is just being being generally aware of what's going on around you you know, try to predict, okay, this could happen, that could happen, blah, blah, blah. It's not easy to do. And be it's prepared. a tough yep, and it's a tough habit to get into, but it's something that we all should be thinking about, whether we're, you know, whatever, pulling out of our garage, in a crowd of people, serving in uh, in a roadway, whatever. There's there it's just huge. You gotta be aware, head on a swivel all the time. Trust your feelings. Your gut is your best guide. So again, no matter what you're doing, if you feel like there's something not right. Or something more than likely is going to happen. Trust that feeling and act accordingly. What is it? Error on the side of caution. Error on the side of caution. There Absolutely, no question. Avoid complacency. Again, very difficult to do when things are slow. And I'm I'm referring to like when you're working in the field on a construction site, whatever. When things are slow, it's very easy to get complacent and think this isn't going to. No, this can't happen. You just don't. You, you start to lose that that situational awareness in general, which is a very dangerous place to be. Continually assess your surroundings because in, in most cases, and I'm talking about surveyors specifically when they're out on construction sites or anywhere, anywhere doing surveying, the surroundings are constantly changing and you have to be aware of that at all time. Actively prevent fatigue. This is really difficult. 
surveyors in general get up really early and in most cases like to stay up really late doing whatever you know really you should try to get at least seven hours of sleep at night very difficult to do i understand that but it's 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 a good goal to set because fatigue is another thing that contributes to that's like three nights for me well yeah well you're an anomaly i know it's because I'm not a surveyor. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm like a zombie. It's crazy. And finally, monitor performance of those around you. So, again, not only, especially like let's say you're a, a, a survey crew chief, not only are you responsible for yourself, but you're responsible for your instrument operator you're or anybody leader. else that's working around you. And you got to monitor their performance because let's say, you know, you're, you know, you're dialed in. You got a good night's sleep. You know, you're, you're, you're doing great. Maybe your instrument operator didn't have that same good night's sleep for whatever reason, and maybe he's not 100%. you got to watch out for him, too. And not only that, if you're working on a construction site again, you got all these subcontractors working around you. You don't know the first thing about them. You know, machinery going on, those operators. I mean, there's just so much going on all the time. It's almost overwhelming. It really is. So situational awareness is probably the most important thing that we need to focus on going into 2020. It's all about the safety, and all about you know, safety. I don't want to. I don't want to bring it back to the old trip that we've been talking too much about with Disneyland. But man, they rotate those people through the different jobs to avoid that fatigue. It's impressive. That's a machine. As they should. With, with that yeah. safety, oh my goodness! If you want to talk about a safety share place, well, look at all the liability that goes oh along with goodness. it. Yeah, they got they got a lot to lose. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. So yeah, I saw literally firsthand. They just rotate those people through to avoid fatigue, and it makes yep. sense. Yep, no question, no question. It's easy to lose focus, and you lose focus one time, and God only knows how many lives could be put at risk. Oh, we've we've had a few shows go awry because Jake lost focus. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his best, man. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our guest today. Our guest today is Phil Fedor. Phil is a registered surveyor here in Arizona. Is that the only state, Phil? Yeah, oh, in Arizona, mm-hmm. and I've uh, I've looked forward to having Phil on for quite some time. I've known Phil for a number of years. Um, it's interesting that he and I started. I'm going to say commenced to use a survey term, commenced our careers right about the same 1991. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this for a long time. We're old fuckers, mm-hmm. and uh, so we have a lot of things in common. And uh, the one thing I love about Phil is I know I can always have an honest conversation. More than anything else. So if, uh, not gonna get if any, I uh, ask a question, <laughs> I'm going to get an honest answer whether I like it or not. Yep. And that's very respectable. So real quick, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys Phil's uh, bachelor resume here just so we all can get a better understanding. Why is it my bachelor resume? I don't know. I just feel like whenever <laughs> I do this, I feel like I'm like, you know, like Phil likes to walk on the beach oh, and oh write God. poetry and blah, blah, You're blah. You're going to raise a whole bunch of questions now. My wife's oh. going to give me hell. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so let's get on with this. So Phil was born in Syracuse, New York, and his dad was actually an engineer with GE. So he moved around quite a bit. He spent some time in Virginia. He spent some time in Illinois, back to New York. And finally, uh, I believe he graduated high school in Indiana. Yes, sir. Right? Marion, Indiana. Marion, Indiana. He did graduate. Yay. Yeah, he did graduate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He attended, <laughs> this is great, he attended the New York State Ranger School and got an uh, AAS Booyah. in forest technology. He's married to the wonderful Lisa, coming up on 25 years in June. Can confirm, I've met Lisa. She's wonderful, and she has to be married to this and guy. Very tolerant. Yep, very tolerant. <laughs> Phil, we uh, all know that. <laughs> Phil and Lisa have been blessed with twin daughters who are nine. Mm. He's got his hands full there, no doubt. And Phil and I are buddies on uh, Facebook, so it's funny. He always refers to them as Desert Storm, mm. which I think is absolutely hysterical. Mm. <laughs> I started out with Damage Incorporated because I was a Metallica fan, too. <laughs> But I twisted uh, it to Desert Storm. It was great. It was great. His hobbies are fixing broken stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you come over to my yeah, house? Right? I got a list a mile long. That's the dad come job. Come on over. That's the dad job. <laughs> You're on my side of town now. Come on over anytime. And he's, uh, he's he loves horses and, and loves horseback riding. Recently moved to the East Valley. He's got horse property now. And uh, he, he's living the dream, this guy. He's a brand ambassador for Get Kids Into Survey. We're going to get into more about that here shortly. He likes auto racing and rodeo. 
do you, do you keep up with like the like do you know the rodeo guys? No, actually, I mean because most of these guys are extremely low key. I mean, some of these guys they 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 will go to the NFR. They'll compete. They'll win their trophy, mm-hmm. and then they just go right back to work at a, at a at a cattle ranch. Is that right? Or a um, or a transfer station or something. Just move cattle and just be a regular cowboy. They're, Those, they're, they're amazing. The what do they call them? bull bull the bullfighters? Bull fi- unbelievable. Yeah, the guys, guys that wear the clown are, suits. Those guys are nuts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta have, <laughs> you gotta be a few beers short of a six pack to go oh, out there. Oh my god. I watch that stuff. I mean anytime I see it on, I'll watch it. Just mm-hmm. I love it. And the guys that are riding the bulls, those guys they're crazy. Yeah, they're, they're, they are certifiably the, insane. Yeah, they're they're in the negative category category when it comes to six pack. Oh. You know, how much how much they have there? I and mean, what a physical beating yeah. these guys it take! Is. It they're going to be really here is. in March. We got to get some tickets and go. Well, let's get somebody on. There well, you this, go. This is rodeo season. Yeah. Is it Phoenix? I mean, you're going to have rodeos all over the valley. So if you want to get a cowboy in here, do you know? A, do you know like an actual we can, rodeo cowboy? I, I can probably talk to a few I people and get somebody. If in If we here. can get a couple of those guys on. That would be a great Actually, a good buddy of mine. I have so many questions. A good buddy of mine is a former bareback rider. Really? Uh, another good buddy of mine is a former bull rider. So right. maybe we can get to make it happen. Here, so. Oh, my God. That would be P- awesome. Personally, I'd rather have the clowns here <laughs> than, the, than the riders. We know what the riders do and what they go through. Uh, but those clowns, that's a whole different mindset. Yeah, the bullfighters, I, I don't know. comprehend. Yeah. No, Crazy. no, that's like that's that's like staring down a truck, you know, a tractor trailer in the middle of a freeway. So it's, oh it's something God. else. Uh, we'll talk about that further for sure. Uh, Phil's a fan of well, born in Syracuse, so of course he's a fan of the fair, the, Sy- the, fair, the Syracuse Orangeman. It Orangeman. used to be the Orangeman. Oh, so that's just. And orange then we now. have to get politically correct. And oh, we got to be nice to everybody. Geez. So now it's just the orange. Oh, Syracuse. The orange people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's one thing that Phil and the lovely Megan have in common. Of course, she graduated from Syracuse. So yeah, she's an upstater too. She's an upstater and Purdue Boilermakers. Where that connection come from? Was that your time in Indiana? Yeah, it was brief time in Indiana. Yeah, and that's actually yeah. where I met my wife when she was in school. Right. I, I must say, whenever I wear a Purdue shirt, this guy always he does. Comments. He always comments. He, right? he catches me every <laughs> single time with it. I've Bert. only I've only been to Lafayette like three times, but you know I still represent for my wife. Yeah, yep. not as only <laughs> not colors only, around here. Not only is he a straight shooter, but he's consistent. But <laughs> to go back to the old uh, fantasy football, yeah. Drew Brees freaking carried me this year. So I am a diehard. Boilermaker fan. Boilermakers are cradle quarterbacks, man. That's where it is. That's where they came from. No doubt. And like we mentioned earlier, Phil started serving in 1991. We'll get back to that here in just a bit. And uh, currently, his role is uh, project manager at Bowman Consulting here in Arizona, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can't forget this. He is a huge Kiss fan. Used to be. I was when I was. He's a, kid. a big Kiss fan. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I can no, re- no, no. I just. I Gene Simmons has enough of my money. Can, so, we po- can we post the video or no? Oh, yeah. You can pull the video if you want. Which, so you're going to have to tell people who, which I, I watched the video, but I wasn't sure which one was you because it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. No, it was. That's ancient history. Yeah. I'm a lot skinnier then. So. Yeah. <laughs> super fun. Uh, appreciate you, you sharing that. And we'll definitely share that when we post the uh, post the link to the yeah, podcast. I'll help you out with that. Were you Gene Simmons with the tongue out? No, and I was no. actually Ace Fraley because I had the proper guitar. I, I really it, wish so. I was a big enough Kiss fan to be like, oh, is he like Star Child or no, something no, like no, that? No, that no, that's no. that's Pete something. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah, that was another. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit before your time. I right. can remember what was it? Kiss Alive. Remember the Kiss Alive album? Yes, sir. The double album. I yeah, think, the right? first double album. So nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I was in grade school. I think then, mm-hmm. right? We were in grade school. Well, then. yeah, I was a little. You're a little ahead of me, but yeah, I was in grade school, and I remember. So we had to do like this. It's like this, like almost like a crochet. Like remember, I don't know if you can remember. We used to make those like shag carpet things with the hooks. Yeah, yeah. So I did mine. I made I made the Kiss Alive album cover awesome. out of mine. <laughs> I got the picture somewhere. That's so cool. Funny. That's cool. So I like to funny. see that sometime. Yeah, that's no, awesome. So funny. That's awesome. So let's uh, let, let's catch up with you here a little bit. Um, so you started serving in 1991. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your uh, your career path. What was your first job? I mean, how how did you get passionate about serving? Well, I I started. I didn't know what a surveyor was when I like a lot of guys. I didn't know what a surveyor was when I got to college. I knew when I went to school that uh, well. Number one, I I applied for I uh, I enlisted in the army and I failed my physical. So I wasn't going to go get my GI bill and go to college that way and do it the, do it the other way. So I just graduated from high school in Indiana. So I said, well, I'll go to Purdue and go to forestry school. 
They had a decent forestry school, big ag school there. And I figured, well, you know, I'll, I'll try that out for a bit. And if it fails, there's a whole lot of other options at Purdue being a big school like that. So I went through my freshman year at, at Purdue, barely, uh, barely sober. Uh, <laughs> Spent all I can relate. Yeah, spent a, I, 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 I got flying D's through the whole through the whole thing there, and um, I was really passionate about getting back to my native uh, home state of New York, where I've got a lot of family, and that's where I spent a lot of time fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff. So I took that opportunity to get those credit hours that I needed and go to the Ranger School, which is a little asylum that's up in the Adirondacks in northern New York. Uh, you spend nine months up there with 40 other guys, and you hammer out about 50 credit hours per, per semester and 2,000 acres of woods learning how to be a forester wow. or a land surveyor because mm -hmm. a, a forester needs to know uh, how to operate a compass and how mm -hmm. to measure where the ground, you know, where, yep. where the boundaries are and how to measure where their trees are. So after going through all that, um, there wasn't any, there weren't any jobs for uh, foresters other than moving out west and being a smoke jumper or something like sure. that. I had no interest in living in a bunkhouse in Idaho and uh, fighting fires, so I wanted to stay in, stay in New York close to my family, and uh, so I just started pounding on doors on surveyors' offices. Hmm. And finally, one guy said, "He, all right, I've had enough of you. I can't I can't just let you go out there. I have to hire you because of insurance problems, you know, <laughs> things." So he says, "All right." Come on to work. So I started working for this guy here in uh, Syracuse. And that's where I got started. Um, but uh, I didn't really get a passion for it there. Mm. It just it just kind of got the ball rolling. And now that I have a little bit of experience, and I was told by a party, my first party chief there, number one, you can make all the mistakes you want as long as you fix them. Number two, if you can set up a gun, you'll always have a job. Mm. Yep. And that's so I kind of followed that work ethic going forward so um so i parlayed that into another into another gig that was up in northern new york and that only lasted for a couple of months because after six months of experience that i had in syracuse these people thought that i had enough experience to be a party chief up in watertown wow. and clearly i did not because after a month they said see ya mm -hmm. <laughs> so then being, that being said, I said, okay, well, my folks are in Indiana now, so I'll just move back there and see what's going on. They had a big boom, building boom in Indiana. Sure. And the surveyor in Watertown told me, he says, you, you've, got a good, you've got a good foundation with your ranger school education, with your two-year two degree, but what you need is to work hand-in-hand -hand with an LS somewhere, somewhere. Just get, start small. Yep. And so I was able to find a gig in Lafayette, Indiana, or uh, right across the river from Purdue, mm -hmm. and we're, my brother was in school there at the time, so I got I had a place to stay, found a place and found a job with an LS who was just starting his business out of his house, and it was just he and I getting his business off the ground. His nice. name was Nick Starr, nice. and uh, yeah, we did it the old-fashioned way. It was a two-man crew, just he and I. We'd go out in the morning. We'd survey what we needed to survey in the morning. And then we draft it by hand in the afternoon. So no AutoCAD. Yep. You know, we were we did have an EDM and a prism. So we weren't pulling chains. At least we weren't doing that. But uh yeah, we we, we started drafting all the you know, the old fashioned way. So I yep. kinda started the old fashioned way. Yep, so, yep. Go ahead. Uh, were you uh like freehanding it or leroying? Oh, or I had to have the scriber, man. I had to have the scriber. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. freehand for shit. And it yeah. was uh, especially because uh, Nick Nick liked to uh, have it all done on vellum. Yep. Rather than on mylar, yep. and vellum yep. doesn't really erase as well as so you had little room you, for error. Yeah, there. Little, really little did. You really air. had to really prepare to get that survey centered where you wanted it on that piece of paper or yeah. vellum yep. before you send it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Really interesting. So you kind of. The, the seed was planted when you were in forestry school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that that was because, you know, almost like doing some orienteering type stuff using a compass. And is that kind of how? That no, they, I mean they they started out with survey one hundred and one. I mean they, the first day they were out there with a pacing proficiency, and oh, so nice. they wanted to establish how how you know how you'd pace off and measure with your feet. Yep. And then they were right into a staff compass. 
and a two chain tape and yep. we were dragging two chain tapes around for three months through the through the snow and the ice and snow and the mud and the muck and the rain and god god knows what we were out there with plane tables and alladades <sighs> doing topo out in the middle of the yard um, you know, and then of course, you know, when we were pulling chains, we were doing beelines. So it would be over cliffs, it would be across mm -hmm. the swamp. I mean, we'd be up hip, hip deep pulling chains across that stuff. And it was, it was rough, man. It was, it's not an easy curriculum that they offer oh, yeah, there at the ranger school. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not just sitting in the classroom, Yeah. you know, so they, they do a really good job of, um, of uh, honing those skills in such a short time. Yeah. Well, especially upstate New York, I'm sure the terrain's not not what it is here in maricopa county yeah well it's not flat it's not indiana it's not illinois and yeah. it's freaking cold yeah. and on top of that there's plenty of snow to go with it yeah. and it don't melt so yep so you mentioned uh and again you know i've had a lot of similar experiences you know like when i first started i've mentioned it before you know three-person crew pulling mm -hmm. tape through the woods blah 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 so we've both been doing this for nearly 30 years right um I, th I think the answer to the question is obvious, but what are what are some of the biggest changes uh, or advancements that you've seen that have had the biggest effect on on, on the profession? Well, the the tech is that's the obvious, mm -hmm. that's the obvious thing. I mean, in, in my own experience, yeah, we started with a with a, with a total station. They had you know had a built in EDM and a prism, but another outfit that I worked for for a brief time, it, they were still using a piggyback uh edm on a wild t2 and so it was only slope distance so we had to and the chief was running the gun yep. the chief didn't you know wasn't out there pulling at the end of the tape it was it was me the, the guy with the dumb end of the tape and then another guy at the head end of the tape and then the chief was running the gun and taking notes yep. and uh so yeah so it's graduated quite a bit from just the edm now to our robots and um you know, of course, GPS and the advent of that. I mean, I, you know, I was there to be the advent of that stuff too, with, you know, sitting there for four hours doing, doing static work in the middle of the night, because the only time you can get five satellites to get yeah. a decent solution. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, you know, to, to, to today's RTK stuff where I, you know, I can set it up and I'm getting 30, almost 30 satellites and I'm doing stuff under trees that I would never think of doing. Yeah you know, 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, the, the field tech and then of course the office tech too. I mean, with, I mean, I was just talking about, you know, drafting by hand with the T-square and a Leroy Scriber, you know, the AutoCAD and what we pull in with these scanners and, you know, just seeing these point clouds and the ridiculous amount of data that we have to digest in order to come up with it. Yeah, so the tech is the, the biggest thing. Um, so do you think it, uh I guess how I put this. Do you think it? Do you think it improved the profession? Oh, I think it does. I mean, I, I'm keep in mind. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a guru of any kind whatsoever. I'm a work a day, worker bee surveyor. I'm a nuts and bolts guy, and I'm. I don't. I'm not one of these great big forward thinkers who's you know who's really in tune with the, with the whole industry itself. But just in my own personal experience, yeah, I think the tech has certainly helped advance us and get us more efficient, um, safer, you know, for the most part. Um, there's, yeah, there's certainly things we can do to improve safety in a lot of things, as you, as, as you and I both know very well. Um, yeah, so... I, so here, here, here's my I, take. I, I, I guess, yeah, go ahead. I think that, I mean, I, I agree. It's definitely improved some things. It's allowed us to collect a hell of a lot more data in a hell of a shorter time. Right. Right. Uh, scanners. Mm -hmm. Scanners are great, especially when you t when you mention safety. Mm -hmm. You know, you can set them up four quadrants of an intersection. Blah blah blah. Your guys have to get out there. There's there's all kinds of advancements like that that have definitely improved it. Right. On the flip side, um, I mean, it, it, it it's kind of strange because you know, with the advent of GPS, with the advent of a scanner, with the advent of a robot. Um, all of a sudden, you don't need three guys anymore. Right. You barely need two guys. Right. Right. You should be with two guys all the time, yeah. but you don't necessarily need two guys to get the job done. No, you don't. So I think this kind of snowballs into one of the issues we currently face, and that is the fact shortage of service. Yes. Mm -hmm. right. And the mentoring. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the mentoring. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. But sure. I, I've... You know, when I when I, I go on, I do a lot of research online. You know about this stuff. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm nuts about it. And you know, the UK has a shortage of surveyors. 
Mm-hmm. Ireland has a shortage of surveyors. Fiji has a shortage of surveyors. We have a shortage of surveyors. We have a huge problem. <laughs> yes, we and do. And a lot of it is as a result of technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was frankly. a double-edged sword. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, and I think the best way, I mean, my best angle on that is to get that in front of young people. You know, we got to get ourselves in front of young people. We got we got to make ourselves available and obvious. We spend a lot of our career trying to be out of the way, obvious but out of the way. I mean, we've got our safety vests on. We're out there we sh- to be seen, but we really want to be out of the way. We don't want to impede traffic to get our job done, mm-hmm. but we need to get our job done. So it's kind of like the same thing with the profession. We need to get out there and be obvious, but without being, but also trying not to be out of the way. But we need to. We we got to show. We got to show what we're about. We've got to show what we can do. We got to show why we're important, and we've got to make that put that in front of young people, even as young as second, third graders, because they don't know what it is unless their dad's a surveyor or their mom's a surveyor or their uncle was, you know, whatever the case may be. So that's where that's where the kids, the kids in the survey comes in comes into is that they're, they're putting that in front of these grade school type, grade school age kids to just get that. Uh, idea in their head that this is a possibility. This is what I can do maybe down the road, you know, for, you know, to make money rather than just being a fireman or, or, um, you know, a police, I don't want to downplay a, a fireman or a policeman, but it gives them another option to do, you know, when they get, when they get to college age. Yeah. And we have the, you know, you mentioned get kids in a survey. Great movement. Ellie and what's her? Elaine. Elaine. Um, doing really good things with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a huge opportunity to get the profession into young children or in front of young children, I should say, mm. um, to plant the seed mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. And that's a start. Yeah. But there needs to be another movement that happens after that. Oh yeah. To it, keep it, that thought. Yeah. In we their gotta mind. keep the momentum going. We gotta keep the momentum going. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, have, I, I, I wish I, I don't have an idea right now. Do you have an idea? Uh, I'm listening uh, because right now I don't have anything really to just to keep that in the forefront of the kids. It, it just takes a huge commitment. Yeah. And it like STEM. STEM mm-hmm. is a great program. Right. Uh, I just read an article the other day that land surveying is the best unknown profession Okay. STEM profession. Yeah. Because even in STEM, they're promoting engineering. They're right. promoting architecture. Mm-hmm. They're not promoting directly land surveying. So it takes okay. people like like you, people right. like me who are passionate about this stuff to commit and get involved. Yes. You know, and yeah. the same thing is just like mentoring. You, know, mm-hmm. you mentioned mentoring and that yeah. that is huge. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the best way to really keep keep the momentum going within the profession. Once we get somebody in there, mm-hmm. mentoring them and growing them within there and, and nurturing that. Yep. But we need to get somebody. Mm-hmm. We got to get them from the outside in, yeah. you know, somewhere the man on the street and bring him in somehow. And got to make that attractive. And one way is with pay, a good hourly wage. And one way to do that, of course, is to raise our rates, you know, so that way we can afford to pay these guys more. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, we got to get the ball rolling small. You got to start small and we can take baby steps to get this stuff. But if we wait too long, then we're really going to be in a lot of trouble. And training. Training is so important. Because, like, we'll bring people. I mean, I've done it. You bring people in that have zero experience serving, mm-hmm. zero. I mean, I have a guy right now that is an absolute rock star. And he came to me, he was a assistant manager at like uh, Discount Tire, right? But mm-hmm. he came to me, talked to him, and I'm like, just based on my interview with him, clean cut, very professional, well-spoken, very assertive, can hold a conversation, can communicate well, and is committed to learning. Well, you find if you find somebody like that, that person yeah, is that's gold. gold. Yeah, that's gold. In this profession, mm-hmm. that person is gold. Yep, you hold on to him like. Grim I death. tell him every day. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you don't understand. You are in a position to set yourself up for so much success mm-hmm. if you just stay with this. Mm-hmm. Then the kicker there is though, you got to have a good mentor. Right. I mean, you got this guy who's gold, but if he has a crappy mentor. You're going to lose them. Yeah. You're going to lose them. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. And we got, we got to bring in people who have a sense of ethics and a good work ethic and, uh, you know, a work ethic, but also a good sense of integrity too, that they're going to be honest and do a good job for the company. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, I know I've been listening to this show for the last 17 episodes because these guys are my friends and I like the show. And we're and just uh, freaking we, cool know, guys. You are cool guys. I mean, you really are. And I'm really appreciative of you guys letting me come on to this. Oh, that was a um, pat on the back. It felt yeah, good. it is. It felt but good. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to jump the gun a whole bunch here, but Ryan always likes to ask about mantras and that's, that's Go one of them is, um, ride for the brand. I mean, uh, uh, cowboy and and you know, I'm a, I know I'm a New York cowboy. I get it. It's uh, New York's not known for cowboys, but I only know that naked cowboy uh, in Times Square. Yeah, and that don't count. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it, the, the point of the matter, the point of the matter is though, is that when you get into get into a company, be a good ambassador for that company and do a good job for them. They're providing you with an opportunity to make a living. The least you can do is be a good representative. representative of that company and it's it's interesting it's i mean i I completely agree with what you're saying and if you work for a company like you and i both do that Mm -hmm. not only offers land surveying but engineering and a number of other disciplines you know whatever 90 percent of the time the surveyors are at the front of the line they're the the first exposure our clients have to the company exactly so those guys or girls whoever um you know, we have this, I, I see these arguments online, you know, is this serving a trade or a profession? It's how we present ourselves. Right. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at it as a trade and then you're going to act like a tradesperson, I suppose, whatever that acts, that action is, or it's a profession. You right. know, we want to be looked at as a profession. If we want to be looked at at the same level as an engineer or an architect, you hear people say, oh, well, you should be like doctors and lawyers and this mm-hmm. and that. We have to act like that. Right. Hundred percent of the time. Yeah, respect breeds respect. Hundred, yes. And exactly. you, you, if you want respect, then the first thing you got to do is earn it. And the way you earn it is with your outward appearance and your attitude. Yep. And you can't be an asshole going up front. Yep. I mean, if you want a reputation and if you want work to continue for you down the road, then you have to be nice to the contractor, even if the contractor's not really being nice to you. Right be treated you know treat others how you want to be treated all that other good cliche stuff yeah you know, no, I, so. I, I totally agree you, you, you get what you give right you know if, if you give off a non-professional um aura or attitude or whatever you're going to be looked at as a non-professional exactly it's really that simple exactly and i um and i i i, I just took a snapshot of this post today because Again, you know, surveyors always complain. We need to be looked at it. We need to be at this. We're at the same level as engineers, architects, doctors, lawyers, this and that. You know, we can have that argument forever. But there's plenty of like Facebook pages out there, you know, that allows surveyors to post different things, you Mm -hmm. know, and and, and share their thoughts and whatever about it. And that's great. But when I, I I mean, I I go on those Facebook pages, I read the shit out of them, Mm -hmm. but I never respond. Never respond. You're a better man than most. And just because <laughs> I, I, I get so frustrated, to be perfectly honest with you. So here, here's a post from one of the Facebook pages, right? It said, if you're a party chief and you don't set corners when called for, your mom's a hoe. Classy. So I, I look at that and I'm like, this is... This is what we have out there. Yeah. You know, this is just one example. I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that this person's in the minority, but this person could be in a party chief role mm-hmm. mentoring yep. green guys, yes. and God only knows how they're mentoring them. Exactly. You know, and there has to be this movement where we act like professionals. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you, you see posts like, oh, my greenhorn did this today. My greenhorn's an idiot. You know, I caught my greenhorn sleeping. Well, that's on you, man. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, on you. Yeah, is that it something is. you keep in house? It should I, be something. Not, I mean, yeah. it's, okay. you shouldn't air your dirty laundry for everybody this. to see. Social so media is a, a bad yeah. thing. It can be. It really can be. But do you think? And here's 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 the ultimate comparison. I haven't found an engineering website or an architecture website where people are saying stuff like that. Or do they even have those? Pages to begin with, I don't I, even know. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I try to find them, but you, you know. don't find it. This is right. this is our problem. Yeah, this is our problem. No, we it, need to act like professionals. Yes, 
and, and that's what we're. And that's exactly what I'm trying to breed going forward. Yeah, oh yeah. Again, the whole respect. No, you're, you're, you're. Yeah, you know, the whole, I'm, the whole we're, respect. We're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> we're preaching to the choir. But you know, it's a, you know when you get on social media and you start airing your dirty laundry, yeah, that that, that that's the type of person that maybe the people in those groups that run those groups don't want around. Yeah. You know, yeah, so you'll know. get the axe right off the bat, and then you can go be a you can be a sophomore junior somewhere else. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you're gonna have something to offer, if you have a question that's of some kind of value where other people can learn please chime in on these things absolutely you know this is a it's a really good resource you know a lot of these these social media groups whether it be on linkedin or facebook they've got thousands of members there and they've got hundreds of years of experience combined together so there's (laughs) always somebody out there that might have an answer to the question that you may be having or somebody who can sympathize with the problem that you're that you're dealing with or you know whatever the case may be use these outlets or platforms for the betterment of the profession exactly if somebody and you see it like you see it on these facebook pages i know you know the ones i'm talking about Mm -hmm. you know somebody will go on there and ask a question right Mm -hmm. and he'll get 50 responses berating him oh yeah for asking that question oh yeah and i'm like what the this yep. is the problem. Yep. This and is then, a huge part of the problem. And then they're going to bitch about the case being open. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It is so frustrating. And I know you and I are on the same page on this. And yeah. I, I just, I, that's why I, I knew I could have this conversation <laughs> with you. And uh, <laughs> Well, not, happy to help. What do you got, We'd be on the same page. Not to do the shameless plug thing, but yeah. US of AZ wise, yeah. uh, you send out the emails all the time asking, it would be the same thing as a Facebook post. Minus, do you filter out the berating comments, or do you only no. get positive well, feedback? I just, I, know, I mean, I know I, we're you, fortunate. You put yeah. it all back out, but, but I think but it's, I think it's respect. I think it, it boils down to respect. In social media, with what you're doing, there's a little less anonymity, yep. and these people actually own to what they're saying. Rather exactly. Than well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's less anonymity to it when you when you chime in on a Facebook page, your name is attached to that comment, whatever yeah, yeah. whatever that case may be. Oh, versus I have the like email that burner accounts though. That's yeah, well, how I post all those things on Jake's whatever. fan page. <laughs> there you go. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you do in your free time, Ryan. It's up to you, buddy. But um, no, I mean the anonymity. I don't think is the problem, but I think it's just the culture that is Facebook and Instagram and those kind of things. People have gotten to the point where they can just blast anything they want to say and with no repercussions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And no. yeah, I mean, in the worst case scenario, where you know, when there's an somebody's an admin or a moderator of one of these groups where they have that power to say something about what a comment is or what a post is, yep. the worst they can do is just block them and send them away, and they never come back. Yep. And then they go to another group, and then they just badmouth whoever blocked them. Right. The on the other group. side, yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, on the sophomore junior sites. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, it's it, but those are the people that we really don't want and in the group that, you know, we don't want that kind of content. Mm-hmm. So, they're, we're they're going to cut it out. So, I don't know. It's 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 a tough thing, but it, it at its heart it's a good resource. And I hate to throw away it, a really good resource. It could be an amazing resource. Yeah. And it just those platforms need to be utilized a little bit more efficiently, I guess, and more professionally. And if somebody asks a question on those platforms, respect the question, respect the person. Yeah, Provide absolutely. your, you know, if, if you're a 30-year surveyor, you have all this experience and wisdom built up. It is like gold mm-hmm. right now because mm-hmm. we have such a shortage of surveyors mm-hmm. that wisdom and experience needs to be passed on yeah. in a positive way. Don't degrade somebody for asking a question absolutely i mean if you're a party chief and you're in position to have an influence on a future surveyor you are in the ultimate position that's, that's to do good that's almost pay the it forward that's the essence also it's almost the essence of surveying i mean you know when when we go out and do the field work or whenever we record a survey the whole idea is we want somebody to be able to follow our work well the same thing goes when it comes to mentoring and training we want somebody to be able to follow us you're always training that person to take your job you got to do that's that's the attitude every party chief should have i'm training you to take my job someday so that way you can do what i'm doing and then i don't have to do this anymore and i can go do something else kind of like what i'm trying to do in my own career you know i've been i've been a party chief for the better part of 30 years and i'm just now moving back into the office i mean i had a that brief time uh, in my history back when I was working with that LS in his house where I was doing everything. But 
you know, I'm, I, it's making that transition where I can, I can move somewhere else. But you always want to train to bring them in and maintain that personnel and keep these good people. So, yeah, you know, yep. you gotta, you, exactly you gotta, right. you gotta look beyond the end of your nose. And you just said something that is prophetic as far as I'm concerned. And that is that, and I say, I say the same thing all the time. You are like, if you have an opportunity to mentor somebody, you are training that person to take your job because mm-hmm. it's only going to benefit you. Right. It's going to benefit you. It's going to allow you to move up. You bet. Even the position I'm in right now, whenever I hire anybody, I always hire people that are better than me at some aspect of the job. Right. Well, no that's doubt it. about it. Because you know what? It allows me to be freed up to do my job better. Right. And quite frankly, it makes me look better. Yeah. It makes you, Ultimately, and that, that makes you a good leader and a good manager. I think you've boiled that down to one word delegation boys but yeah. you got to have the right people to delegate yeah, to. yes yeah. that's the key if you if you are able to hire the right people and able to delegate accordingly the rest is case you train them properly yeah exactly that's, that's it's just it it's a, it's it's not no, just right. one piece you just can't have one piece all these pieces have to come together and you got to have all these people committed to doing that mm-hmm. in order for that to work so i mean that's that's the pickle we're in yeah so and I know with the uh, survey profession being in the dire straits that it is, that the the get kids into surveys one thing, and then there's the lack thereof before any further yeah. education wise. But you know the Trigstar thing, shameless plug for myself, being right. a state coordinator. But you guys have been instrumental, both of you, in just getting out there in front of kids, whether it's with the Boy Scouts, whether it's at schools teaching yeah. these kids what surveying is and the one day we were at school 700 kids one person knew one what person land knew. Was. yeah that's, that's crazy. scary yeah, yeah that's crazy the way that it's ends crazy. up but yeah i mean what's, we the, just, what's the percentage on that one let's oh, let's run some numbers yeah, run the numbers. go ahead i'm off the clock i don't do numbers <laughs> off the clock i've also had two whiskey so i ain't gonna do numbers anymore. <laughs> i'll tell Again. you what it's really low <laughs> So one thought but, I one thought I did have. You said you know what's the solution. I mean I don't know what the solution no, is. No. But one thing I, I I do think that the high school kids are probably the most impressionable at that point. They're you know not knowing exactly what they're going to do. You know can they afford to go to college? Do they want to go to college? Right. Serving is such a great career. Oh, and you don't have to go to college to do it. And you can be extremely successful. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely if you're successful. if you're in the right environment. I mean, if you're in the right environment. If you're over in New Mexico and you want to stay in New Mexico, then yeah, you're gonna yeah. have to go to school and go get that four year degree if you want to be a licensed surveyor. But sure. if you want to be a surveyor, a party chief or just work in the field, yeah. you don't that's not necessary. And you can just go get a job anywhere yeah. that has an opening for a greenhorn yep. or an entry level position any in in But any even capacity. as a party chief in mm-hmm. any state. You can make a decent living. You can make a very good living. Just being a party chief. Yeah, I mean, speaking really? actually speaking to you know the, the, to the your guest from last week talking about the union guy talking about those wages. I was like, holy mackerel! Look yep. at all that, yep. you know. So I'm surprised there isn't a flood of people running into his uh, into his district right now and looking for work. There might be. We need to. <laughs> well, I can say firsthand watching Phil talk in front of the group of kids when he said X amount starting out. Yeah. Those kids' eyes light up. Did they? They're like, I, I was, they're like, I was oh, glazed. we can do I was that. probably glazed over by yeah, that point. It, uh, <laughs> it, it was many hours into the day. But when he was like, you can make this much starting out, yep. all the kids kind of perked up all of a sudden. It yeah, was, oh, this is better than uh, flipping burgers or whatever. Well, yeah, and yep. that's the selling point that I make for kids around here for, you know, for locally is because, yeah, our market is, oh, we're in really good, you know, we're in need of a lot of people. Um, and employers are paying right now. It is an employee's market. And a greenhorn can come in and start working for 15, 17 bucks an hour with zero experience. Zero experience. And get just a good attitude. Yeah, just show up to work. Show up to work. Have a good attitude. <laughs> be on time and communicate. That's all we ask for. Uh, and then we will teach you the rest. Exactly. I will give you the keys to the castle if you can do all four of those exactly, things. Exactly, man. You know. So well, exactly. to transition and switch topics a little bit, focus on you specifically rather than the profession. Okay, is there anything that you would tell your younger self getting into this? Would you would you still get into this? Would you stick with it? Uh, if the advice you would have for yourself? Well, the first thing is is that um, you're not invincible. You need to take care of yourself, and that's that's a that's a huge thing. I I smoked for twenty years. I drank like a fish i quit smoking about four or five years ago and he quit drinking like six minutes ago so, well i haven't <laughs> finished this one yet so <laughs> 
we're working on it. But I don't I don't drink to excess. Uh, and I, I make that a, I make that a, uh, a point that I don't drink the excess um, because of personal issues in the ba- in my past and you know family members and that kind of thing. So I know where the line is and I don't cross it. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're not invincible, so you need to take care of yourself. And um, you, yeah, you don't have an ex- you have an expiration date and you don't know when that is. So, you know, between the date you're born and the date you pass, your life is that little dash in between. So you've got to make the most of that little dash. And smoking cigarettes and doing drugs and getting involved with all kinds of bad seeds and that kind of stuff, it's going to bite you in the ass someday, and it's going to shorten that dash. So stay away from that stuff, you know. Yep. That's, 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 that's what I would told myself. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And honestly, you know, staying away from that stuff, it goes back to our situal situational awareness safety share you know if you're if you're you're not sleeping and you're out drinking and you're doing all the stuff that a lot of surveyors tend to do for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um you know safety creeps in yeah and a lot of us and a lot of people listen to this show are out working in the elements and working in public right away on a daily basis Mm-hmm. And I mean, safety has to be a constant focus. Oh yeah, I mean, and some of it, and some of it's learned. I mean, uh, when it comes to safety, I mean, I remember when, when you and I were working together, um, and we brought the safety, uh, the safety manager uh, from from headquarters yep. came out and shadowed mm-hmm. me. Yep, and he was from back east, and he didn't have any. He was a surveyor himself, mm-hmm. but the practices back east in Virginia are different than what we do here in Phoenix. And I brought him out in the middle of like 67th Avenue and Van Buren and Phoenix. And that is a Poor tight. Guy. Yeah. I mean, there's a section corner out there that needed to be located and it's a tight intersection and there's nothing but heavy trucks in there. And his eyes got as big as dinner plates. And he says, I hope to hell you never have to do this by yourself. And I said, you know what? That's sometimes I actually have to do that. And yep. he came up with a whole safety plan that would have cost the company. I don't know, probably an extra five grand per job just to set up the safety just to get it done and it was it was a tough thing i mean that's that's a tough battle a, you got to cross it as as a project manager to, to put that safety in there along with trying to make a bottom line and that's a really tough thing i've been finding to do as a, page, as a project uh, manager it's a fine line there's no mm-hmm. doubt and i mean I, I i you know i'm very fortunate to work for a company that takes safety incredibly serious mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 part of our our core values and I'm also, that being said, I'm fortunate to work for clients that take it just as serious. And anytime I'm putting proposals together, whatever, I'm always building in, whether it be hiring an off-duty cop. Right. And, and that's a really good option for people who are listening. I'm sure that every single person that is listening to this episode, wherever you are, these services exist. Um, here in Arizona, it's like Arizona Traffic Services. You know, y- you pay them like, I don't know, it's like 40 bucks an hour or something like that, you know, to show up on your job site in a uh, in a, in uniform and a vehicle with with strobes and everything and it is amazing how people will completely act like they're unaware of surveyors even though they have a vehicle with strobes and safety vests and cones and everything else yep but as soon as there's a cop in a uniform with strobes in his car yeah it's like sh- it's totully different world yeah it's, 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 it's such a small price to, to pay yeah <laughs> surveyors don't take you to jail yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i wish i could I, i've been wish i've been wishing i could be deputized for years well i know you've had you've had some close calls though seriously i know several so- i can remember several like you know, the last calls. time we worked together and you were in an intersection and you went from one corner of the intersection to the other and next thing you know there's this accident in the intersection yeah, and it, if you were where you were five minutes five earlier, minutes earlier you yeah. probably wouldn't be sitting here right, right. now. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it can happen in a blink of an eye, and you just have to. Some of it's some of it's learned, but you got to have eyes in the back of your head, and you got to have that situational awareness. I mean, it's just it's just part of life. I mean, that's how you that's how you survive. So, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah. What else? Uh, I mean, Phil, you've been great. Um, and again, you know, uh, I personally respect everything everything you do every, every everything you've done everything you continue to do for the profession as far as promoting it get kids in a survey again is a great great movement we're both brand ambassadors for that you are continually active active in that movement and uh um again kudos kudos to you well, for being you. the professional thank that you. you are greatly appreciated anything thank else you, you want to mention is there anything we didn't touch on that you might want to Add to the conversation? Well, you, not not really. I mean, other than uh, you know, I, I want to plug my my own little charitable thing. I don't know if that's okay if I can do that. Please you know, do. That yep. you, no. uh, United Surveyors of Arizona has been a been a sponsor for me for the last few years. Um, 
where I do a charity ride with a, with a group of guys. We all um, ride horseback from Phoenix to Prescott, Arizona over two days and um, in a Pony Express relay event. So about 50 guys ride about two or three miles each, and we you know, run like hell-bent for leather and hand the bags off at you know 40 miles an hour. And we go from Phoenix to Crown King, Arizona in one day, and then from Crown King to Prescott the next day uh, in the middle of summer. Uh, sometimes through the rain, through the hail, uh, the mud and the rocks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we, we raise a lot of money for, for a charity called Horses Help, which is a therapeutic riding center that helps a lot of kids that have MS or maybe autistic. And it, it's really, uh, if you can ever get to a therapeutic riding center and you see these little kids that are, you know, for instance, autistic and they haven't said anything, for their whole young life, you know, they're five, six, seven years old. They've never said a word. You put them on the back of a horse and they start gabbing like a monkey on a tree. I mean, they're just happy and it just brings out the life in these kids and cracks them out of their shell. It's just an amazing transformation that you can see right in front of your eyes. So, I mean, uh, there's therapy and riding centers all over the country. Um, but, uh, yeah, go check one out. And um, that's, what, that's what I do, uh, you know, every 4th of July. So catch me on the road to Prescott. It is pretty cool that like you guys do the letters and you bring them from Phoenix up there and yep. I I've done a couple for my nephew and my son and they get a kick out of it when they yeah, shows up at their house and I'm like yeah that went on horseback mm-hmm. all the way up the state and they're yep. like what yeah no kidding yeah it, is, it, it is. is awesome and uh, again I mean I three United Surveyors of Arizona we've supported you on a pretty consistent basis and uh, I've been there like for the initial handoff of the mail and stuff mm-hmm. like that and you know gone to the banquet and everything and it is it is awesome I mean, it's such a great genuine group of people yeah and when we when we blast out your episode we'll put a link to that as well well thank you very much Ken yep. with the, with the video of him in the case cover <laughs> oh we got a lot to post that, that's a that's a twofer we're yeah, doubling you guys, down you, on that you, one you guys are getting a bargain on me <laughs> I tell you that one absolutely you guys got anything else <laughs> no uh, we're good to go all right, fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's not forget to thank Social Hall again for allowing us to be here. Studio One, good to be back. Uh, check us out on geoholics.com. Get on our mailing list. If you want to be a friend of the program, send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com. And you can find all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Outlaw in-laws. Just another outlaw. Crank Ca- it up, Jake. Cashed out, you suck. Oh. Thank you for letting me use your headphones, They're awful. <laughs> this is so much better. <laughs>